Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. With me, all the way from the land of East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan. Well, good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? I'm back. Like Yay. We, yeah, it's like we never missed you. I mean. I uh, know. Yeah. I know. Anyway. I know. So, Nobody missed me. Nobody. But anyways, we've got a great show tonight. <laughs> and this show came about because of Anne, actually. Ooh. And uh, Oh, my goodness. Wait, I have to record. The, well, we are recording this. Yes, we are. Yeah. Ron just attributed something to me. It's yeah, awesome. I know. <laughs> so, so Anne, you. Uh, you were the one that put this little bug in my ear. So what turned you on to the uh, Ouija board phenomena here we're t- going to talk about tonight? Well, we were doing our show about the uh, – uh, our Ouija board show, the live broadcast, our okay. uh, live video broadcast, pardon me, from EBC TV, which we're doing next week, by the way. Uh, okay. I was just doing a lot of research into Ouija boards and uh, – just everything associated with them and am i allowed to mention this topic or is it a surprise no you can bring the topic it was on the website uh so i i came across this thing called zozo i'm like well what the heck is zozo so started you know kind of going down that path and uh thought i had never heard of it before i had never heard Mm -hmm. of it before so this was a new thing to me in conjunction with the Ouija boards and uh, we really didn't touch on it uh, we just touched on it briefly on that that last uh, live video show and uh, I just I wanted to learn more about it so mm-hmm. that's how we got here right so anyways uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about uh, we're I guess we're talking about the uh, new book out, uh, The Zozo Phenomena, by uh, Darren Evans and Rosemary, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And uh, so without further ado, why don't we introduce them on the line, and we'll start with one of the hottest working women in uh, the paranormal world, Rosemary Ellen Guyan. Hi there, Ron and Anne. It's a real pleasure to be on with you tonight. And uh, yeah, I suppose I am one of the hardest uh, working women out there in the paranormal. I've been at it for over 30 years now with uh, more than six, 60 books to my credit. Wow. People ask me how I do it. My answer is I don't know, and I don't <laughs> want to know. There you go. And uh, you, uh, I mean, how did you hitch up with Darren to write this book? And, and now all, that's, I guess, I'm going to introduce the other author of this book, Darren Evans. So, Darren, are you with us? Okay. I'm here, Ron. Okay, uh, Hi, so how, how did you how did you hook up with uh, Darren to uh, write this book? 
Well, when it comes to Zozo, all roads lead to Darren. That's what I like to say. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been interested in the Ouija board my whole life. I had one as a kid. And about six years ago, I started a project with another friend of mine who's a paranormal investigator, Rick Fisher. He's in Pennsylvania. And we produced a book called Ouija Gone Wild. And it was oh, about yeah. the kooky history of the Ouija board. And now both of us have always felt that the Ouija board was neutral and all of this wackiness might have to do with the intentions and how it was used. But there's a pretty bizarre history there. And I I had heard about Zozo just in the course of my paranormal investigations. And my good friend John Zaffis, uh, who's a demonologist, had uh, run into Zozo. And every time the name Zozo comes up, well, you have to learn about Darren because he was uh, right out there at the forefront for years talking about Zozo with his own experiences and collecting information from other people. He really put Zozo on the map. And uh, I think what happens with a lot of people when they have bizarre, especially unpleasant experiences, is they feel very isolated, that they might be the only ones having these experiences. And if they find out that other people have had those experiences, it's often a release and a relief. It's very cathartic. And so Darren had put himself out there uh, on the internet as a Zozo experiencer and survivor. So I contacted him and interviewed him for that book, wrote a whole chapter on Zozo. And uh, that's when our uh, first discussions about collaboration started several years ago. Uh, and uh, we have the Zozo Phenomenon just released this summer. Uh, it's really the first book to document this uh, crazy phenomenon and this very dark entity behind it. There have been many stories published on the Internet, but nobody's really uh, pulled back and taken a big-picture look at this phenomenon, researched the history of it the way we have, and uh tried to put it into a perspective that's meaningful for the casual board user as well as the paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is so true that you say all, all roads lead back to Darren because in the course of, you know, my research into this, it, that was his, na- his name. It, it came right back to him um, so many times. So that's, that's awesome. So, Darren, I mean, how did you get all involved in this and evidently to experience, but you, you want to tell us how, like, how it all started? Well, you know, um, back in the 80s, I started to date a young lady, um, and a, a very strange Ouija board was found underneath the house. Um, it was double-sided. It was very strange. It had uh, cryptic symbols and uh, scratchings and, and candle wax. It was a work of art, and it was surrounded by, by jars of preserved blackbirds. Uh, and so, it really kind of freaked everybody out uh, when this was, you know, when this uh, this was found. And so, uh, my involvement started with this phenomenon started back in 1982. And so, uh, you know, here we are, 30, you know, 35 years later. Uh, you know, is a Ouija just a game, as it's purported? Uh, you know, when you ask a Ouija a question, what is it that answers? Uh, mm-hmm. everyone's heard stories of, of, you know, Ouija inspired prophecies and clairvoyance. Uh, you know, what are the dangers of the Ouija board? Uh, you know, we hear about Ouija inspired murders, madness, obsession, uh, passion, possession. It's just, it's, it's a crazy topic. 
It continues to be controversial. Uh, it's exalted by some. It's condemned by others. Um, you know, there's just no doubt that the Ouija remains a controversial method of spirit communication. Uh, in this book, we, t- we take a very fascinating look at uh, what's become known as the Zozo phenomenon. I find that interesting because, you know, uh, originally when I uh, started doing uh, Spectral Evans part of the Festival of Dead in uh, Salem about 13 years ago, uh, I remember the first one I did is I asked the audience, which was about 100 people at that time, who thinks the Ouija board is evil? And about, I'd say, close to 85, 90% had put their hands up. It was a tremendous amount. And through the years, I've always asked that question. And the last time I did, I mean, we were talking under 50% thought there was any evil in the Ouija board at all. So there, there's definitely been a shift in, in people who thinking it was, you know, the most horrible thing in the world to someone it just kind of, you know, poo-poos it. So I guess you're going to be in that, that consistent minority that believes that it's more than just a game. Well, it's definitely more than a game. And in fact, any kind of spirit communication is serious business and it needs to be approached with a certain mindset and, and uh, being grounded, uh, well grounded in, in your daily life and also in some knowledge of the spirit world. Many people think it's a form of entertainment. And for a lot of those people, nothing bizarre is going to happen. They might even be disappointed that nothing scary happens. But for a significant number of people, uh, if they approach spirit communication the wrong way, regardless of the tool they used, uh, they might get something like Zozo answering their open call to the spirit world. And uh, so we believe education is very important to people. I've always held that in spite of some of uh, the uh, terrible experiences that people have, uh, that the board itself is neutral. It's a tool like a shovel, like anything else. It's EVP neither good recorder. nor bad. Sorry? Like an EVP recorder. An EVP recorder, dowsing rods, pendulums, ghost. An EVP recorder, dowsing rods, pendulums, ghost boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what kind of tool you use. They're inherently neutral. And uh, some people do seem to have a little more trouble with the spirit world when they open up the doorway than others. I think that has to do more with them than the tools. But it's important that we understand how the tools are used. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so I guess that we have to ask Darren is, and, and who is Zozo? Is it a single entity, or is it just the manifestation of the fears of the person who does the board? That's a tough question there. Uh, in the book, we, we, uh, we look at this phenomenon from a, a lot of different angles, um, and the, you know, the, the truth is, is um, no one really knows what it is. Uh, everybody has an opinion, and that's one of the interesting dynamics of this phenomenon. As far as my own personal opinion is, I lean, you know, be definitely being towards uh, some kind of uh, uh, bizarre demonic world uh, that it uses, uh, you know, legions of other entities, possibly to, uh, you know, instill fear uh, as a weapon uh, against humanity. And so it, it fits that criteria well, especially uh, in some of the research. In a lot of the research, we've found connections to it being, you know, uh, demonic. Uh, and it's just, whether you believe it's a spirit or a, uh, an egregore, a thought form, a tulpa, uh, you know, regardless of what it is, it exists. 
mm-hmm. and it exists in you know uh, in the stories, uh, in the in the encounters of thousands of people across the globe. It exists in the history books, and so uh, that's uh, that's a pretty uh, defining uh, dynamic in this phenomenon is is that we do have research. It is in the history history books uh, that we were able to bridge a lot of these connections in the book. The Zozo phenomenon. Uh, and I encourage people that are interested uh, in, in the paranormal to uh, check out the book. Hmm. Yeah, it's Can, definitely a good book, that's for sure. It looks, it looks very exciting. It's, it's, it's something, to me, it's something new and different. Um, and I'd like to ask, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening tonight that, like me, had never heard of this phenomenon. And what exactly was happening that brought this to your attention? Um, I began to have become obsessed with Ouija sessions uh, in the late 80s or, or the mid-80s towards the late 80s uh, and, and into the 90s. I was uh, uh, messing around with these boards all the time and uh, having some very crazy, horrific experiences uh, that lasted, uh, you know, up until, uh, not too recently. And, um, it's just, uh, it, you know, when I had found out that other people were experiencing, um, this bizarre entity's name, uh, on board sessions, um, that was pretty, uh, pretty startling for me, but it also gave me a sense of relief because there was a long time where I was in and out of hospitals with nervous breakdowns and severe panic disorders. Mm. Uh, brought on by these Ouija sessions and this in this particular entity, uh, you know, I had some, uh, a couple of very close friends that died in the exact manner that the, the entity had described and prophesied. Uh, wow! I have a lot of chilling stories, uh, personal experiences that uh, haunt me to this day. And so, uh, when I found out that a lot of other people were experiencing it, I began to document their experiences uh, on a you know on a on a website. Uh, that's been up now for almost a decade. Uh, and so it's, it's really, in the last decade, I've collected a tremendous amount of stories and feedback and information uh, on the phenomenon, and that's uh, uh, eventually that's what led to Rosemary and I, uh, you know, culminating into this collaboration here on the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I think it's a great book, the way it's put together, where you have personal experiences and and you and you have rosemary's elements as well as as document some of the phenomena that goes with it i mean even in the front of the book uh, you talk about uh while you're doing the book how emails don't arrive and how is this uh oh there's a whole variety of different things of course i should have pulled that page up but i didn't but (laughs) (laughs) well you know ron any any time you start dealing with the dark side uh, Mm -hmm. and you get into communication uh, whether it's on the radio, and I have have had plenty of radio show interference too on these topics, emails, computers, telephones, uh, recordings. I had files disappear out of my computer. I had audio files get corrupted, um, missing emails. You name it. This sort of stuff goes on. It's just interference, and uh, I I think that it's very deliberate. I do too. I mean, I remember way back in, in I think it was the early two thousands, we had uh, the uh, the guy who owned the uh, Dybbuk box on the radio show, and we every time he came on the show, there would be all different 
problems. Uh, and, and in fact, we had the original Tobacco on our show, and it was always the same. And and there was also uh, Maureen uh, Wood was my co-host at that time. We would also end up having fights afterwards and stuff because I believe that I believe that you, and you deal with the, the paranormal that uh, this seems to be some type of an interference. Do you? But can you? You can find that in other things than just. Uh, dealing with specific talk. I remember, for instance, the Bell Witch when they were doing that movie, not the uh, theatrical one in Hollywood, but a, a real one, uh, a theatrical one, excuse me. Uh, they had very similar stuff happen. So do you think it's it's the topic that creates these, these problems, or is it a general, are we breaking laws from the other side that it's causing it? I don't think we're breaking laws, but there is something about dark, what I call dark side topics, and that includes demons, jinn, um, malevolent entities uh, of all kinds, uh, uh, of all uh, abducting ETs, uh, anything that is hostile toward human beings and interferes, uh, makes deliberate efforts to interfere in the prosperity, health, and well-being of uh, human beings, and has the capability of doing that from uh, low-level trickster stuff to, you know, out-and-out terrorist kinds of attacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, when others come along and want to shine a light on that, uh, to educate people, find out what's going on, expose things, and help other people, there is a reaction. There's a pushback. There's a reaction. There's and um, um, many people, uh, you know, who've dealt with heavy-duty uh, demonology cases, for example, talk about uh, how they've suffered personally as a result of trying to intervene in, in certain circumstances. I've had it myself in jinn cases, uh, and the jinn act very similar to demons. You know, uh, Darren had uh, pointed out that um, Zozo has all the hallmarks of a demonic entity, and I, I agree that um, this is a malevolent entity, whether you call it a demon or a jinn. Or, or we don't know exactly what it is. It has those characteristics that we ascribe to uh, demonic entities, and uh, uh, they will push back on people, and uh, it, it makes it really tough going sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Darren, did you? I mean, you you've dealt with this for for so many years, and, and you've had pushback. You've had terrible experiences. I mean, how do you protect yourself uh, from this, or can you? It's, I, I tell you, it's, it's taken a lot of uh, mental conditioning. Um, I've seen a few therapists in my time. Um, I have a, a, you know, I have, my, I have a belief system. I, I believe in God. Um, I believe in the power of prayer. And so, uh, that, you know, those, um, those protect me, and I, you know, I have, uh, various, uh, you know, objects of jewelry that I consider and, and stones that I, that I consider of a protective nature. And so it's really a well-rounded type. I try to take a little bit of everything, uh, and, and kind of just make an, you know, uh, a combination of, of beliefs and, um, but yes, I did have a lot of, uh, horrific experiences and, um, I continue to have nightmares. Um, but, Ultimately, it's um, it's given me a lot of uh, direction as far as helping other people that have experienced the same thing, and so uh, it's it's uh, it's become somewhat of a uh, a responsibility that I've taken on, um, you know, with both hands to try to 
uh, not only help others understand it, but to let them know that they're not alone if they've had these experiences. And the experiences, they, uh, they vary. Um, you know, not everybody that's uh, come across this entity um, is having, you know, uh, terrible, terrible experiences. But, you know, a, a significant amount of people are. And I've literally been contacted by thousands of people in the last decade who have had uh, experiences with, with Zozo and other Z entities. And, uh, you know, for that reason, it's caused me to, years ago, to take a, a really hard look at the letter Z. Uh, you know, a letter that, that a lot of people would just dismiss, uh, you know, and scoff at you and laugh. But if you really dig into history in other languages and other cultures, um, uh, you'll find that the letter Z has a very fascinating and mysterious history. Uh, and that's just another, you know, the, the thing about, you, you know, someone mentioned earlier that it's kind of a new phenomenon. And even though it's been around uh, about a decade, it is new. And it's, uh, it's caused, uh, you know, uh, John Zappas, the demonologist, had actually gone on record to say that um, this book and this research has opened new doors uh, in demonology and has kind of led me uh, to um, call it, uh, you know, Zemonology because of this letter Z. Why do these entities gravitate towards this letter and use it in their name recognition games that they play on this Ouija board? It's very fascinating, and there's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. That's something I definitely I, I want to ask for the people out there listening. If they're using a Ouija board, what is the sign? What, what happens if they run across Zozo? Can you tell them so they would know? Darren has documented quite a pattern of activity uh, to recognize his entity. So, um, well, Darren has documented quite a pattern of uh, activity to recognize his entity. So, um, over to you, Darren. Um, where are you? Can anybody else hear that interference in your voice? I mean, uh, I hear it big time. Is, 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 can you guys hear it, Ron? Yeah, I did. Yes. I did. It, that that also could be Skype, so I I, I don't panic too much. Uh, but but I, I've uh, got I've got a Yeti mic, you know. I'm uh, I'm wired up about as good as you can get, but um, that that's not the final um, defense. Sometimes, right? <laughs> See, you're very clear now, but before you were definitely breaking up. And also, we have three people on Skypes, which is uh, sometimes can be problems as well. Right. Uh, and uh, the producer just tell me, he says, yeah, it looks like the Skype single. So hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. We're okay. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> but an, an answer to the question, uh, if you're, you know, if, when these participants are, are on, on these spirit boards um, and something uh, manifests and surfaces and it has the letter Z in its name, um, I would be on alert because there's so many different names that uh, – that these entities uh, are are using, and um, it's it's become you know uh, it's you know there's a lot of uh, stories such as the Gulf Breeze uh, uh, incident uh, where some you know uh, high-ranking military uh, people were messing with boards and a Z entity come through and there was a lot of uh, a lot of things happened with that crazy stuff happened and so. As far as, you know, my opinion, because of my experience in, in, in dealing with lots of people that have had, you know, uh, all these Z encounters, uh, I, you know, if, if, if something surfaces that starts with the letter Z, uh, I would definitely be 
uh, keep your guard up. Uh, if, if there does become, uh, you know, a definite negative communication exchange, I would simply end the session, uh, dismiss the spirits according to your belief system, and uh, and pick it up for a later time. Because uh, experience, you know, history shown that uh, sometimes that works, and, and the next time you get on the board, you you may not have have the same entity surface. Uh, and so it's a, it's really just a kind of a roll of the dice. Uh, Rose, you have something to add to that? Uh, yes, the entity has um, alter egos, and that's what um, Darren is referring to as the Z entities, that uh, there's some shape-shifting that goes on. And so it might announce itself as Z, Zozo, Za, Zaza, Zen, uh, Zep. Uh, and interestingly, it has two non-Z alter egos. One is Lily and one is Mama. And for some people, Mama is actually more terrifying than uh, Zozo. <laughs> but so- sometimes Zozo starts out being very chatty and nice, uh, even if it announces itself as, as Zozo. And it follows then a very typical progression that we see in uh, demonic interference, typical progression that we see in uh, demonic interference cases where uh, the messages get darker and more manipulative and more threatening after this entity has gotten the attention and some sort of emotional or psychic link to at least one of the persons who's involved. And there usually is a focal point, someone who becomes a little more interested or is a little more accessible, a little more obsessed by this. And uh, then another uh, pattern of attack uh, is to just start right out with guns blazing and uh, Zozo announces itself and right away it's uh, mean and nasty and uh, catches people off guard Mm -hmm. what happens with uh, people that rather than shutting down a board session and telling this entity it's unwelcome to go away they become fascinated and it's a natural reaction what is going on here and where is this all going it gets to be kind of exciting and so they feed energy into the situation and that um, actually helps the entity then uh, get bolder and stronger okay so i have to uh, not feed any information to you or energy because we have to take a break (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann Kerrigan and Ron Kolick and our very special guests, Darren Evans and Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Pararex, uh, Tojinet, Astronet, and wherever the hell else we are. Maybe the Ghost Box. Hey, listen, high atop of Nuns Hill in Groveland stands the Chapel of the Little Missionary Sisters of Charity in Vesey Memorial Park. This serene scene will be the location for one of the most extraordinary events ever to be held. For three days and two nights, these sacred grounds will host the realm of Dan Brown's best-selling novels, Angels and Demons, and The Da Vinci Code. As part of the event, like in the novels, you'll become a symbolologist and follow a set of clues on your own quest to find a missing relic. And there's so much more. Costume dining with the dead, a conclave, a Da Vinci ghost hunt, red light seance, workshops and presentations, a papal death mask, a replica of the Shroud of Turin, and speakers like Keith Johnson from Ghost Hunters, Steve Parsons from the UK, psychic artist Nancy Smith, and Ron Kolick from Ghost Chronicles, and many others. Go to NewEnglandGhostProject.com, that's N-E-GhostProject.com, or CirclesOfWisdom.com for more information and to purchase tickets, or call 978-455-6678. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. 
Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache. I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guests this evening, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Darren Evans. So that's our new comeback music, the uh, theme of Van Helsing. Awesome. 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 <laughs> Anyways, uh, just before the, the break, we were talking to uh, Rosemary about uh, energy and, of course, I have such a short attention span i've lost the thought but uh, rosemary do you remember what it was or uh, should i move on uh, well i think uh, we covered it pretty thoroughly it was about oh, how um, you know zozo changes yep. his tactics and uses alter egos uh-huh. so i i got i gotta you know i mean you've been in the, the field for so long and, and i'm sh- sure you've used the ouija board haven't you Oh, yes, many times. I played on it uh, when I was a kid with my older sister, and it was a game. We looked at it as a game. Uh, As I got into paranormal investigation, uh, when I uh, became interested in these um, uh, lines of pursuit, uh, I did experiment some of the Ouija board, and I continue to do so. I think it's uh, kind of an awkward way to conduct an investigation because it's very clunky and slow. Although, um, if you've got the right uh, combination of energies on the board, the planchette can move uh, very quickly and rapidly. But I do not recommend it on paranormal investigations, not because of the board or what might come through the board, but because of the people. And Ron, at the beginning of the show, when you were talking about how many people think the board is evil and all those people raising their hands, 
That's the real problem. Mm -hmm. People freak out when you bring out a Ouija board. They have been conditioned by Hollywood and uh, all kinds of stuff um, from uh, alleged demonologists and paranormal investigators that the board itself is evil and that using the board is an automatic door opener to possession and all kinds of problems. Those sorts of things simply aren't true unless you consider cases that might be self-fulfilling prophecy. You could talk yourself into it. Um, but that being said, people do have problems. They have legitimate problems. And uh, those are uh, some of the motivations here that, that Darren and I have for doing this book, describing a phenomenon that has touched people worldwide. Here's what's going on, folks. And we've traced back the history. This is a real entity. It's not something that was just concocted on the Internet a few years ago. It's not a Slender Man meme. It's a real <laughs> entity, and it has a history. And, uh, yes, you might encounter it. And uh, so here's the deal, you know, and here's uh, here's our our take on how you can counteract it, how you can avoid it, and, and what you should do if you have a serious problem that doesn't seem to go away. Right. I mean... I'm sure you have, and every so often someone will send me a Ouija board that's that's haunted or cursed, and you know, and uh, you, you know, I collect them, so I have no problem with it. But and I'm sure you get them too. So, and, and I've been on, uh, you know, I've been on a Ouija board where you know it's told me I was going to die that night and stuff, and and of course I'm still here, I believe. Let me see. Yes, I am. So, what makes it? What makes the jump? Is it? Is it a? a uh, I don't know. Is it an interfere? I mean, for instance, the, I, I was so glad that uh, Darren brought up the uh, ocean, the Gulf Breeze Six because I, I, you know I know that that case, but I didn't realize that Zo was involved in it. So you had f- some very intelligent personnel, but they did some really crazy things because of the Zozo character. Why does that happen, Darren? Um, it's uh, that's that's a difficult question, you know. Um, the, the paranormal's really taken in the last decade. Uh, there's been a paranormal explosion in media. Uh, there's been more and more movies having to do with you know when paranormal activity came out, it became the you know the highest grossing film of all time uh, for the money you know the, the small amount of money that it took to produce uh, and make the film. But basically, what we're dealing with, and even back you know uh, in the '90s when the Gulf Breeze Six uh, incident took place. Uh, you have to remember that there's a lot of, um, you know, stereotypes and, and belief systems uh, that can become, you know, self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. Um, if, if these groups of people are, you know, discouraged from setting ambitious and positive goals uh, when it comes to, uh, the, you know, the Ouija because of the Hollywood stereotyping, but, you know, there's a reason for this stereotyping. Uh, and... I think it has a lot to do with people's expectations. Uh, you know, there, there comes a, a time when you have like a recognition bias, uh, and that's when the self-fulfilling prophecy also, you know, uh, it ref- it, it, it's kind of like we're referring to the effect that uh, people's beliefs about themselves, they have a, you know, a way, a systematic way of, of patterning their own behavior because of those beliefs. And so, you know, those who expect to succeed at a task, uh, you know, are, tend to be more successful than those who who think they may have a a, a dark experience uh, or a negative experience. And so, when you asked me earlier how it's kind of affected me, 
uh, I wanted to let you guys know that a very strange thing happened uh, as I was talking, and it, um, so I was sitting here with with my girlfriend, and she uh, she's a bead maker, you know, jewelry maker, and she and she had a great big uh, tackle box full of different beads that went flying off the bed and spilled all over the room here. And uh, she, I was sitting on the bed motionless and watched it happen. Um, and so, do I have did, did, did my expectations just set off a paranormal event? I mean, uh, you know, Tanya just you know relayed to me that she's pretty shook up about it. She doesn't really get shook up. I don't expose her to uh, uh, Ouija boards. I don't keep them in the house. And so, uh, while there is a stereotype uh, going on, there is that expectation and. Uh, did my mind just cause that to happen, or is it Zozo? Uh, it's a it's a very good question, and one that we will can uh, continue to research. You know, Darren, as you mentioned that, and we are on radio, so we, you know our voices are going out there, our energy is going out there through the the radio waves and through the computer waves and everything else. Do you think that this is also like a, another? Uh, I'm not going to say a portal because that sounds so trite, but a, some avenue for uh, Zozo to actually, uh, you know, get involved with, with us or our listeners or, or anyone, really? Well, you know, it's um, there, there definitely seems to be in magic and uh, uh, even politics that this uh, the name recognition uh, is such important uh uh, aspect of, uh, of of a lot of different things, but uh, we, you know, we find in ancient cultures, you know, Assyrian, you know, Egypt and Babylonia, um, these cultures placed a great emphasis on the power of names uh, and invoking, uh, you know, and commanding these spirits. Uh, demons would have both good and bad attributes, uh, but it's all kind of changed. You know, the modern demonology and the uh, Judeo-Christian beliefs have, have sort of uh, had their own role in demonizing these entities. Uh, and so when you, when you have an entire host of you know, deities, uh, entities, uh, you know, egregorious type of uh, uh, beings and uh, the alien uh, aspect, uh, you know, it, it, it continues to... This is one of the only phenomenons that I know that has so many different aspects. I mean, there's been... There's been aerial phenomenon of, of huge letter Z's found in you know on, on planets and in, in, uh, in cloud formations you know in the sky. Uh, there's 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 books been written uh, about you know, UFO you know early pioneers in ufology um, that uh, had conversations with something that called itself Zo. Uh, you know, I don't know of any other phenomenon that just had, you know has something uh, you know like Rosemary often talks about this shape shifting. Uh, energy, uh, this dark energy, or whatever it is, uh, we're still trying to, you know, figure out how it applies to the Ouija board. I think ultimately what we'll find is, is there's a lot of psychological uh, aspects that lead towards these, uh, you know, these stereotyping and these self-fulfilling prophecies. And so it's very interesting. That I think we're heading in the right direction. Uh, maybe the Ouija board doesn't deserve uh, the, the nasty reputation that it's. Uh, it's kind of. I think it's kind of getting better uh, with with more people in the paranormal world, such as Rosemary explaining and Karen Dahlman uh, and others that are having positive experiences. Uh, you know, that's got a shape shifting effect uh, on its own, and maybe uh, maybe over the, the course of the next hundred years, uh, you know, there, there won't be this negative, uh, you know, stigmata 
uh, stigmatism towards this uh, communication device. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to uh, uh, continuing the research. Okay. We have a question in the chat room, uh, uh, I guess, for Darren or, or Rosemary Probably or Rosemary, Ron. I think. I think Rosemary, uh, I think. Okay. Uh, how do you get rid of a haunted board? Oh, there is a prevailing theory, which I agree with, that you should not break the board. And some people um, have done that. Uh, the thing is that when you dis if, if there is a spirit attached to an object, any object, and you destroy the object... Uh, you run the risk of having the spirit jump to just another object or maybe even a person. And uh, I, I don't think attachments are automatic or all that easy. Uh, there has to be, for example, there has to be something in a person's energy field that uh, enables an entity to, you know, feed like a parasite, you know, to in order to remain active. Uh, pe uh, spirits can pester people uh, in temporary situations, but a permanent attachment requires a whole different scenario. But you don't want uh, something jumping to yet another object or, and kind of being loose in the environment. And um, John Zaffis and I, for example, have documented many cases like that of haunted objects where something gets loose in the environment and, and creates a lot of havoc, you know, poltergeist disturbances, uh, dream invasion, bad health, uh, relationship problems really runs the gamut. So the uh, best thing to do is really runs the gamut. So uh, the best thing to do uh, is to um, if, you, if you don't just get rid of it, and some people do, there are different ways to get rid of it. You can bury something that has an attachment to it. It really needs to be bound first. And there are uh, prayers and rituals in many traditions for binding an unpleasant spirit to an object so that it can't act out. And uh, then the object can be buried or it can be disposed of in deep water, especially deep running water. Um, breaking it, uh, Darren has a case where he tried to burn up a Ouija board and, and uh, that backfired. Really? Uh, it's a way of destruction. And uh, so there, there can be problems from that. So that would be the safe thing to do. And if, if that's not something an individual can do themselves, they should get it out of the house, call somebody who specializes in something like that. There are many people in the paranormal who do. John Zaffis is one of them. There are many individuals who know how to bind an object to render it, um, you know, inactive. And uh, those would be the things to do. Bottom line, you should at least get it out of the house. Uh, people do dispose of them, and, uh, you know, they put them out with the garbage, and uh, that will, uh, the entity will often go along with it uh, if it's attached to the object. Um, you just don't know what the fate of it is after that. Hopefully it goes into a landfill. Haunts <laughs> uh, <laughs> the landfill. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Darren, why don't you relate that story about the fire? Um, we, you know, I'd become the guy that if you didn't believe in the spirit world, uh, I'd come over to your house with, uh, a, a Ouija board and some, and a chalice full of dirt, some candles and some other goodies, uh, and I would, uh, very seldomly fail, uh, for something just totally crazy, uh, and unexplained, you know, take place. Uh, I kind of pride myself on it. Uh, this thing had its, you know, under its spell for quite a long time. Uh, had me believing that I was, you know, that it was my guardian angel, that I was a chosen one, uh, that I had, you know, mind powers, and I, you know, it was just a, a very, 
a strange set of circumstances that I had, a relationship that I had on the board. But anyway, we took it over to someone's house, and they, uh, it was my friend Mike Silver, and he, he was dating a woman that did not believe spirits. Uh, I believe she was, you know, just an atheist. Um, and we took the board over there, and we started to use it, and all it would spell was window for about 30 minutes oh. in possession. Uh, and so there was windows in this living room area where we were participating, uh, and we kept looking out the window to see, uh, you know, uh, the Ouija board just spelling window. So uh, Patricia had gotten up to, uh, to go get us some drinks uh, out, of the, out of the kitchen uh, when, you know, the, it spelled something else, but this time it spelled hello. And that kind of got our attention, you know, we're looking at each other like, what's going on? When Patricia goes to the kitchen, next thing you know, we hear this just a, a, a loud scream, a sound of glass kicking, and Patricia screaming that there's someone looking in at her uh, oh. through the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and Mike uh, bolted out the door and saw a very tall, bald man wearing scrubs uh, running down the street uh, very quickly. Oh, my God. And so we, we chased him. Uh, you know, we chased him. Uh, Mike lived on Quaker Avenue in, in Midtown Tulsa, and, and we we chased the guy to a uh, what we didn't know a building it was called the Tulsa Behavioral Health Center, okay. and this guy had escaped from that mental health center. Um, the cops were there. They went in and interviewed the guy. I guess he felt safer back uh, back at his place because he run back there with us <laughs> chasing him. Um, and when the cop came back outside after the, interviewing this guy. Uh, they had asked him why, you know, why did you go peek in someone's window? And he, his answer was pretty chilling. Uh, he told them that the devil made him do it. Oh God! And so I thought that was uh, very bizarre. What are the chances of someone looking in window? Um, and so we, uh, you know, Patricia became uh, pretty freaked out by the whole deal. She didn't uh, very much care for me anymore after that. Uh, and so we decided to burn the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took uh, Mike fetched a, uh, a big container of gasoline, and uh, I took that container and and set it out in the front yard, and I poured gas all over it. And without thinking or for whatever reason, uh, church bells started ringing. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget that part of that. Why was the church bells ringing at that particular time uh, and synchronicity of, of me throwing the gas can? Um, and lighting, uh, you know, uh, striking a match and light and throwing it on the board. Uh, a, a huge flame busted, it ignited, um, and it kind of, I raised my hands up. I wasn't expecting there to be such a volatile, um, you know, uh, gasoline mixture, whatever caused it to ignite. But, but I didn't know that there was a hole in, in the, uh, in the container. And so when I, when I, you know, threw the, the gas can away, the fire followed the gas can, and, and that was towards uh, Mike Silver's uh, area where he was oh, standing. No. And wow. the container exploded. Oh, and it was like a huge fireball. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it caught the front yard on fire, bushes on fire. Uh, oh, nice. It, was, uh, it burned my friend severely enough where he had to go uh, have some skin grafts, uh, you know, second and third degree burns on his arm. Uh, wow. from this event, and so I, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good thing uh, for us that night to be burning boards, and so I, I definitely don't recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, those, those are the type of experiences that I had, and that we uh, talk about in the book, and so 
it, it, it kind of adds, you know, when you, when you combine the research and the stories and the experiences, it is a, a, a very, uh, you know, interesting book uh, that look, takes a very hard look at, at the phenomenon from a lot of different angles. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely frightening yeah and so if you look read some of the accounts of it and it also one thing i found intriguing too was the uh predicting nature of uh zozo where i i remember uh reading a part about uh the ghost adventurers and uh i believe uh aaron uh is that common where they do have they can do predict the future all kinds of deceitful spirits are very good at making predictions of the future, and many of them are accurate, and that's one of the ways that they lure people in. Uh, at the beginning of a session, they will give accurate information. There'll be dates, names, places, uh, even minor events that they will predict for the uh, short-term future that come to pass. And so people start buying into the entity. It's accurate. It's reliable. This is fascinating, and, and if it can uh, be accurate about these things, what are some bigger things that could be accurate about? And that's when the messages then start to get very creepy, like you're going to die soon, you're going to be in a horrible accident, uh, don't ever go out of the house for the next week, you know, things like that, that mm -hmm. then become very controlling and manipulative. And uh, we've documented in the book some very chilling uh, messages that have come across the board predicting deaths that have come to pass. And then there are other predictions uh, along those same lines that don't come to pass. But the victims are left in a puddle of psychological breakdown because they believe them. Right. Wow. So it, will it be a follow-up on the, the Zozo phenomenon? Well, we're already working on that. Uh, uh -huh. and, <laughs> um, as to be expected, you know, the publication of this book has elicited uh, a lot of response and people have response uh, approaching us with their own experiences. Darren's been doing more research. And uh, so we'd like to shed even more light on this phenomenon. And we'd like to shed even more light on this phenomenon and, um, and uncover more secrets about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it is a fascinating uh, topic. I'm, we are speaking with uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Darren Evans uh, about their new book, The Zozo Phenomena. Uh, if someone was uh, interested in getting a, a, a copy of this book uh, or want to find out more about uh, either Darren or Rosemary or both of you, where could they do that, guys? Darren? Uh, yeah. Uh, Zozophenomenon.com is one of the sites that you can uh, order the book through. That's my site, uh, Zozophenomenon.com. Uh, and Rose, you want to give them your your web address? And my website is VisionaryLiving.com. The book is available on Amazon in hard print uh, and in uh, ebook format on uh, Kindle, Nook, and Kobo. Cool. So, if if people have had experience with Zozo. And maybe they just, uh, you know, don't want to think about them or anything. But now that you've brought the subject to light, could they share those experiences with you? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. We would very much like to hear from, uh, from people. The more experiences that we can collect, uh, the more it helps us find the patterns. And that's how Darren was able to identify some uh, very predictable patterns in uh, Zozo's operational method. And uh, pat- patterns really uh, demonstrate, um, you know, how an entity, you know, the modus operandi. And mm-hmm. uh, that helps us understand what's going on and then uh, what we can do about it. Right. I, I think in the book you talk about the three levels of Zozo, I believe. Is that, am I saying that right? Yes, uh, three levels of Zozo experiences. And that's something that Darren identified through sifting through uh, hundreds and hundreds of accounts. So, uh, indeed, Mary, uh, you know, the, the three levels that, you know, that we discuss in the book, um, you know, it, it's from all these experiences from people that send them in, and not just to me, but they share them with, with, with you know, people like Rosemary and John Zappas and Robert Munch and these people that, uh, you know, study and research and, and, you know, and deal with the encounters and the, and, uh, you know, the experiences that people have. But, uh, you know, Rose is right. We, we, you know, there's some new things going on with the research and these experiences. Uh, we, we, we kind of loosely talk about, uh, the synchronicity, the numerology, uh, gemantria, the ancient etymology, these types of things, you know, we briefly touch on, but I think it would be pretty cool to, get as this, uh, phenomenon, uh, evolves, that we continue to research it. And archive it and document this stuff, uh, and and release it. Uh, you know, uh, you know the research again. Uh, who knows on on the road? But looking forward to uh, definitely uh, getting people caught up on what's going in the future. Yeah. The, the- Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead, I, I was just going to say uh, quickly that the three levels of experiences document the progression that the entity can follow uh, as a case gets more and more extreme. And a lot of experiences stop at level one. Uh, they might just be Zozo shows up and uh, says a few nasty things, and uh, that's pretty much the end of it. Uh, people do not get personally affected. They don't become engaged. And uh, level two experiences, people are more engaged. They're starting to experience things off board where they feel the entity is present and watching them they begin to feel um, kind of paranoid and uh, level three gets gets into very serious cases where people start having physical problems these these uh, cases start skirting possession okay so anyways uh we didn't hear it but actually the doorbell rang which means pizza from the dead is here so we've actually got to wrap it up and say goodbye to you guys uh we want to we've been talking with uh rosemary ellen guiley and darren evans authors of the book the zozo phenomena and uh you know i highly recommend it in fact i'll probably put that in my newsletter this month as uh because it's it's really a cool book you've got to go through the whole thing because there's so much interesting stuff and I've got to go re-read re, re, the uh, Gulf Breeze section because I, I, that one fascinates me uh, even before I talk to you guys. So thank you so much for, for joining us on the show, guys. Thank you very Thanks much, Ron and Ann. Thanks. Wonderful to talk to you. It's so fast, such a fascinating topic. Yeah. Good so night, guys. Good night. Thank you. Thank you again. So anyways, guys. Uh, Believe it or not, it's only a month away before Steve Parsons from the UK be here, and we'll be doing uh, Spirit Quest once again at the Groveland Spirit Quest 2016, Angels and Demons. Check out the website, neghostproject.com, letter N, letter E, ghostproject.com. Mary Ellen Guiley, Darren Evans, thank you very much. It's been fascinating. Till next week, good night. God bless. 
Thanks, and good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good law.